What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Plainside Podcast. I'm here with my good old buddies, my good old pals, Cam Jordan. Cam, what's up? Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good. Zach? Zachary Kuyat, that is? What's going on? Oh, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> same old, same old. Bubbles and whatever else was popping last time. Yeah, that's right. You didn't ask me what's popping this time. so it's Yeah, I know. That's my fault. I've tried to switch it up, but I've run out of things. <laughs> um, and this is the Plainside Podcast. Our whole goal here is to take the normal, everyday things we love, our movies, TV shows, music, all that fun stuff, and find ways that we could pull our faith out of it. Where can I find ways to grow my faith in my everyday life? Because it's there, hiding in plain sight. What a segue. That was pretty good. I'm proud of myself. Um, and today, we're continuing our Marvel series with a really fun one. This is going to be the highest volume of big words we might have ever used in our life. Yeah, probably the most big words per capita of any conversation we've ever had. Oh my gosh. Uh, one specifically <laughs> that is not involving music in any way. Because music has a lot of big words. That's yeah, a little different. Those don't count because they're music words. You know, these are just regular does, words. Does wackadoodle daisy count as a big word? Is that an onomatopoeia or is that technically a, a <laughs> word? I want to say it's it definitely counts. not an onomatopoeia. I can promise <laughs> wackadoodle that daisy much. is not a sound. <laughs> uh, it's closer to an onomatopoeia than it is a word. Well, on the Maybe. spectrum. Who knows? Of noise to word, it is definitely closer to noise. (laughs) The noise to word spectrum is good. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, So anyways, as you've read in the title, (laughs) we're doing the Thanos pod today. So with our resident nerd, Zachary Kuyat, tell us about Thanos. Yeah, I would would like to to jump in here real quick and just give a proposal. Um, Okay, I'd like to listen. I'll vote. I um, already think I don't want Zach, this. Zach, you always do our, our, back, our, our background story of our characters, and we're really appreciative. So I would like to propose that we call this segment Backery with Zachary. Oh, oh no. wait, 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 wait. That is beautiful. <laughs> what if we call it Take It Backery with Zachary? That's it. Mm, that is that's, it. A, that's a little better, I think. I think Take It Backery hurts a little less. <laughs> Take It Backery with Zachary. Take it away. You know, back is already a word, and that rhymes with Zach, which is what I'm usually called, but I guess we, we'll just forget about that. Yes, so, we will. Good job. <laughs> so Thanos, a character that was sort of thrust into the spotlight of popular culture um, over the last few years. Thanos was a character that was actually first introduced um, in the Invincible Iron Man number 55 in 1973, uh, so he's actually a lot older than I think a lot of people would realize. Um, but he really first came to popularity in the first Avengers movie um, when he was teased in the end credits um, to the delight of nerds and confusion of their moms everywhere. Um, Big purple guy with a funny chin. Um, But uh, in, in different media, his motive has been different in the comics. It's one in the movies. It's another, but um, The baseline is always the same, that his goal is to eliminate half of the life in the universe so that the other half of the life in the universe uh, can can thrive and can can live a healthier life. Um, So it's kind of like a a classic debate about it it lives in the same world as the trolley problem, if you know what that is. Uh, Some of that stuff is who, who would you save or who would you let die to save someone else? A classic moral dilemma villain, if you will. So what are some of the other motivations he has in the comics that we don't necessarily see in, in this series? Right. So the, uh, the, the comic is a lot less nuanced and a lot more... Um, we talked about this with Spider-Man. Comics are weird. Um, and in, in the original Infinity Gauntlet story that the movie Infinity War is based on, which is very confusing... Um, he, Thanos is in love with a character that is the personification of death. Mm. Um, the, this woman that is death and to, um, to impress her, he kills half the universe. Are there deathly hollows in, in this scenario? Is there, is that a, a connection we can make? 
Hey, did you finish all the uh, Harry Potter movies recently? I did. I just watched all of them for the first time, and I am obsessed. And the Harry Potter pods are coming very soon. Oh they boy. are. Or very far away. We haven't deliberated on that yet. But... We haven't talked about it. It's the first time it's come up. I so, mean, at this point, none of us have left the house in weeks, so I mean, it, it could come soon. Really we got nothing better to really do. really could. When you bring up the difference between comic Thanos and movie Thanos, I was actually reading a little bit about that today. Um, and for me, the way they portray him in the movies, I think the thing that's the most interesting, um, especially because every villain, especially now, there's a way that you can connect with him. How did he get here? How did she get here? Like, what made them this awful person with these bad motivations? Um and the thing with Thanos is from the very beginning through the entire time, he really thinks he's doing something good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he really thinks that he's ending world hunger, not just in on Earth, but universally. And <laughs> he thinks that there won't be any more homelessness. And he's doing all these things because he wants to see the good in the universe and he has no personal benefit from it. It's solely just a cause that he believes will fix the universe. And a lot of times it's out of like a scarred past, which you have with him, I'm sure. Um, Zach, you might be able to elaborate more on that. But with him, there's no personal gain he gets here. You know, and he talks about when he destroyed the stones at the start of Endgame. um, He talks about how he had to do it because it would be too tempting for him to do something that would result in his own personal gain. Um, and so the whole time he has this real level head that's almost kind of scary when you think about it. Yeah, and I think the the thing that works about that storyline and why it's almost become, like, the big debate for a long time was, like, well, was Thanos right? Um, and I think it becomes that because in the movie, we don't get a Thanos backstory. We don't get his, like, tragic past. We don't get that version of it. Whereas, like... When Loki was first introduced, we got the, like, he was uh, sort of abandoned by their father and, and, and he actually didn't know his own real parentage for so much of his life. We got that with so many other, like, Marvel villains. And with Thanos, you don't get that. What you get is, here's what he's doing and here's why he's doing it. And it's, I think, to me, more impressive that you end up almost siding with that in some ways because it's not like, a, it's not like you feel bad for him. It's just a plan yeah, that no. you can kind of see. You have to look through these crazy tinted glasses, but you can kind of see where the logic is in it. Yeah. And comics are weird. Everybody gets a backstory in comics, but it's not uh, overly important. It doesn't really add much context to this. He's like part, part uh, a couple different like all-powerful space races. It's comics oh, nice. are weird. <laughs> he has a big head so that makes sense he's he big and purple powerful. his chin is yeah. funny looking kind of looks like a thumb that has like a bunch of like callus it's been in the water for too long he's <laughs> gotten all wrinkly you know what I mean exactly he's gonna snap you out of existence if he hears you saying that I mean listen <laughs> I, so I mean here's the thing and when it comes to Thanos it's clear the thing we're going to be talking about the most is the snap. The yeah. snap heard around the world. Or around the, the snap felt around the universe. Wow. Yeah. That's big. It's even um, bigger. A little bit. That That is a really big point to bring up, though, before we really get into that, is at Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel's talking to the rest of the Avengers and all the peeps, and she says, yeah, this isn't just an Earth thing. Like, this is going on all over the universe, and I have a responsibility to take care of it. And it does put it into perspective. Like, it, you see the pain that it causes on Earth. Um, and just imagine that the entire universe is probably in pain the same way. And so when you think about that, like, and the snap, like, what's the morality of it? What can we relate that to? How can we really dig in and look deep inside ourselves? Like, with the snap, was it good? Was it bad? How do we feel? Is it nuanced? Cam, go. Yeah, so so this brings in a really interesting conversation just about ethics in general. Oh, gosh. Um, and, and so there's, there's two Shoot, baby. kind of primary um, 
forks in the road. There's there's two directions you can take when it comes to ethics that that are mainly considered the, the two main ways. Good or uh, bad? Are you asking me if it's? No, those are the two forks. Yes, it can good be or good bad. or it can be bad. Yes. <laughs> um, so so one road is is Kant's categorical perspective, and that oh says that in every single decision there is a right decision decision and a wrong decision. So good and bad. Yes. There is no gray area. That does not okay. exist. Now, the other uh, route that I, I think Thanos takes is utilitarianism. And it's this idea that um, every decision, the right decision, is based on who benefits the most. So, so Zach, you talked about the, the trolley problem. That is the, the, the situation that is consistently talked about with this. And it's this idea of, you're driving this trolley and you can either steer it right or steer it left. If you steer it right, you will hit one person. If you steer it left, you will hit five people. Which way do you go? Mm. Utilitarianism says that you steer it right. You only hit one person because that's going to benefit the five. That doesn't take into consideration if you know the one person. Gotcha. What if the, the five people um, are, are considered to be to be older and 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 the one on the right is is younger and and is maybe a doctor opposed to uh, a non-essential we're seeing that thrown around a lot a Uh non-essential employer (laughs) right none of this takes into consideration the hearts of the people Mm -hmm. and so thanos he makes this decision that he thinks is benefiting the universe because based on utilitarianism it is but utilitarianism is limiting because it doesn't take into account this idea of, is this decision I'm making? You know, and he, he even said um, at the beginning of Endgame, was like, I didn't think about how much y'all would like pursue. I mean, that's the whole plot of Endgame. Is he now wants to destroy the entire universe and start over? Because he's like, I didn't think about how much you were going to miss them. Yeah. Because he didn't take souls and hearts and, and love of humanity into consideration. And that's what utilitarianism misses. And I think that's a really interesting point, right? We're all huge sports fans. Um, and we're all very analytically driven sports fans, right? And the way that the players we root for, who we think are good and who we think are overrated, right? We have these conversations all the time. Um, but in situations like this, all the numbers say that the snap was the right decision, was a good decision, and Thanos is not the villain, but Thanos is the hero. Um, and you brought up a really great point there, Cam, is that all the numbers line up, and all the logic lines up, and he was so tunnel blind, tunnel vision blind, got the shutters on, can't see anything else, that he forgot that these people have souls. Right. Um, and it's the biggest point of this is when you talk, is this good? Is this bad from a Christian perspective? Especially for us, a lot of times when we think about decisions we should make or our ways of life, we have to remember that the people we're dealing with have souls. Um, Zach, you look like you're about to say something just flat out amazing. Please <laughs> blow my mind. Well, what I was going to say is, is you mentioned the idea that Thanos is the hero of the story. Yeah. And I think... It, it's it's in kind of the narrative arc, but it's also really in the storytelling of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, that that movie, while we don't necessarily see every step of it, that movie is a hero's journey movie for Thanos. Oh yeah, it's it's the same arc that you see every superhero character go through. In in that you know he starts and he sees something that's wrong in the world and he goes through the steps that he need, think he's, that he needs to and he sacrifices and, and he gets brought low to this point right before the end of the story and then he manages to overcome that mm-hmm. by, by means that, you know, he addressed throughout the story. It, it happens in all these other versions and in, in his story, it's he gets one of the stones destroyed and then he is able to turn back time and reform that stone. And then gets gets the snap off, just in the nick of time. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting storytelling choice by the filmmakers, because it speaks to this same idea that we're kind of talking about that 
he sees himself as the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, Thanos doesn't do this because of he because he's not a mustache twirling old timey villain who just wants world domination. Yeah. You know, just like you said, he he destroys the stones after he snaps the universe because he has no more purpose for them. He doesn't want to rule. He just wants balance in the universe. Yeah. And it, I think that's why it works as a narrative and I think that's why the audience connected with it so much because I think we can all identify with thinking we've seen something wrong in the world and wanting to fix it and kind of not knowing how to get there and he his only route is to become all powerful to get there and even he never truly recognizes why it was wrong or if it was wrong but he gets stuck in this place where he missed the humanity he missed the the personal and connective element um and i'll come back to this when we start talking about our our final wrap-up points but he misses the the human and personal connection that all these people have with the people that they've lost um his utilitarian idea is that if i get rid of half of the people then the other half will have better lives Um, but he what he misses is the quality of life given by having those other people yeah, and it's it's fascinating because the biggest example of them trying to say, well, maybe this might have been a good idea when you get to Endgame is the Tony Stark story, right? Um, and him saying, man, this was great for me. My life is fantastic. And if we go back and trying to change this, I don't know what could happen to my daughter, right? right. Or her mother. And... I have this great life that he's he never had. Um, and in the end, hashtag spoilers, however many years later, <laughs> right, he ends up giving his own life, even though he his biggest fear the entire time was that. He realizes that undoing this was for the greater good, even though his own specific situation might not have been better. And so maybe that same process that Thanos went into it saying, look – and a big part of the story was him sacrificing Gamora, who he loved. Um, and he talks about, you know, not under how people don't understand the sacrifice he's going through just to do this. And you get to feel for him and you get to, as soon as that happens, you realize, wow, he's not your normal bad guy. Like he really wants to see the world changed. And there's a weird parallel. And, this might be saved for that's a stretch. I might be a little early, but I'm thinking right now as I'm talking, like how many times do we get so laser focused on our careers, on our uh, own agendas, on our goals that we completely sacrifice our families and the people we love and realize that it just wasn't worth it. And we get to the end and we may have succeeded, um, but destroying the relationships or hurting the people we love in the middle. It just wasn't worth it. And I think there is a little bit of this regret for him at the end. Um, And he doesn't say it, but it's almost like you can feel it in his loneliness and how weak he looks, that maybe it wasn't worth it. Yeah, there's there's that scene um, after the snap where Thanos is back in in the, the pool on... Oh, I wish I could remember the planet off the top of my head, but I can't. But where he Same gets weird world, where all believe you. I won't do that. I can't do it to myself. <laughs> but where he gets the soul stone, um, yeah. and he ends up in that like shallow water, and he's sitting there. And I'm trying to remember if this is in the movie or if it's a bonus scene, but it was shot, so it counts. Um, yep. Where it's him and young Gamora. Um, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And she asks, she asks um, what he gave up like what it cost him and his only response is it cost me everything yeah um and and there's personal loss in it for him and i think uh you know we we always talk about how we're tying this into to our lives as christians Um, and i think one of the things that has really caught my ear about it is that single-minded focus on stuff and i think Mm -hmm. it's i think it exists the same way when we get into conflict with other believers um, that we get this this single-minded focus about, like, well, no, I need to prove why I'm right about this issue. We joke a lot about, like, I need to prove 
why the carpets need to be blue in the sanctuary. Because if the you carpets aren't blue, then we're not going to be able to love Jesus enough. And it comes up in real issues where it's like, I need to prove why worship has to be this way. Because if yeah. worship isn't this way, then who? Then we're not praising Jesus right. And there, there is validity in having those conversations. I think it's important to understand the difference in worship styles. But it, it, what, it, what you have to examine is what you're losing by getting so absorbed in that conversation. Because if you get so lost in this argument about well, I want the pastor to wear a tie, or I don't want the pastor to wear a tie, or I want a choir, or I want a band. And you win that argument, but you've damaged that relationship with the people that you're arguing with. It was You have to examine if it was ever worth having that argument in the first place. Yeah, did you really win? Um. Yeah, I mean, that, that comes down to, again, you know, we, we talked, um, I, I want to say... It was on the the lost segment of of civil war about um, internal conflict and like what is your goal? The lost um, tapes. Yeah, the the lost tapes. <laughs> what is what is your goal? If your goal is to reach other people, then if you win a little battle like the worship style, and you lose sight and lose the opportunity to reach other people, you didn't win. You're actually you're not the biggest loser. The biggest loser are the people who are failed to get reached every day because you're too busy with selfish goals. I wish I could have dropped a Biggest Loser contestant name there. That would have been awesome. (laughs) The Biggest Loser is, and I could have jumped in. That would have been really funny. But But, go ahead. No, I mean, and I think it it comes down to, you know, we can all have really admirable things that we want to pursue. And I I think, you know, the the three of us, we all have our, our different passions that are, external from just the church you know we we all are, are kind of social activists in a, in a few different ways if we pursue those in a way where we ignore the humanity behind the social part if we get yeah. so tied up in the activism that we lose the social part what are we doing what are we doing it for if we're not doing it for the good of humanity which includes everyone then then we're we're losing sight and I, I think that's what will be lost with Thanos, you know. For me, and we, we talk about I, I talk about human trafficking a lot. And and for me, when I pray for uh, the the situation that is human trafficking, I don't just pray for the survivors. I pray for the people doing the trafficking. Yeah. Because just because they are failing in the world's eye, which they are yeah, Don't have to time. tell me twice. Don't get that twisted. <laughs> Don't get that twisted one bit. <laughs> They're not necessarily failing in God's eye any more than we are for our sin. Yeah. They are still humanity. And 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 we are still called to, to love in that way and, and pray in that way. Um, and and so I, I think what what Thanos didn't take into consideration is okay, the half of the people that get taken away. You know, and in our sight, it's, well, God loves them as much as he loves me. Yeah. And so we can't pursue perfection, which we'll never get there. We can pursue it, but, but we Hashtag can't. sanctification. We can't pursue that and, and ignore the, the social humanity part of, of the people we're leaving behind. And I think for me, that's why when I think of biblical comparisons for Thanos, uh, spoiler alert, he's not Jesus. Um, <laughs> we've only had one Jesus in all the pods that we've recorded. I want to, I want to be very proud of us for just a quick second. Yeah. We're doing good work by not just defaulting to the Sunday school answers where it's always Jesus or John three sixteen. Yeah. Jesus and that was, answer. that was really tough with John Mayer not to oh go because we all wanted to, we all wanted we've to. We've got more pods to record, brother. We better, we better not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> It's okay, but, you can just edit that part. That's why we need to pat ourselves on the back now before we get out of hand. Yeah, before we, oh, before we lose that opportunity. Small but, victories, Alex. The biggest <laughs> comparison I have for Thanos is Saul, right? Not the king, but the man who would later become Paul, the greatest church planner of all time, right? The guy that wrote a huge chunk of the Bible. Um, and we think about zeal we talk in church a lot about being zealous having a zealous faith right being really passionate about the gospel and passionate about seeing lives change and passionate about uh justice and passionate about 
caring for the orphans and the widows, that Saul was so passionate, he killed God's people because he couldn't see that they were God's people. And his, he was so overcome by zeal that it took an act of seeing God face to face for him to recognize, whoa, this is a bad thing that I'm doing. Probably shouldn't do it. Um, and so in that same vein, when I think of Thanos, he was so overcome and passionate and driven to do whatever it took to make sure that he saw his lifelong mission played out, that he saw success, right? And when you think about the blinders he put on and what would happen if when we get like this, we could just take a second to stop, um, see God face to face and pull the scales from our eyes. Um, the same way that Saul became Paul and became this massive influential figure, uh, Thanos doesn't get that storyline. Um, Thanos ends up in an awesome turn of events getting killed within like 30 minutes of Endgame. And it is just like, oh, what's going to happen now? Right. Um, yeah. And so really the end for Thanos, and obviously that's not the end the end, um, because oh, you have all the time travel fun stuff. But the end for him never turned out to be this big, magnificent, look at me, I fixed it. He never even got to see his own, what he thought would be success played out, right? I remember talking to a pastor once just about pastoring and ministry and he asked me he said are you okay if you had a moses ministry right and so by saying that he was basically saying what if you served your whole life for the gospel and you worked hard day in and day out but the fruits of it were never seen that until you passed you never got to see the promised land, the same as Moses. And you put in all that work, but you never get to see the fruits of your work. Are you okay with that? And that's the one thing that Thanos was. He was more than okay with that. And yeah. even if he wasn't going to lose his life um, by a very angry Thor, he <laughs> was going to sit in that hut all alone for the rest of his life just thinking, man, I did something great. Um, and so the big thing when we think of Paul is he was so overcome with zeal, so overcome with passion that it morphed him into doing something that was actually to the contrary of the greater good, but yeah. he believed in his heart would be towards the greater good. Right. Um, and so when we talk about the snap and we're going to transition here in a second, but when we talk about the snap, we talk about utilitarianism, we talk about sanctification. I'm just going to say a lot of big words until people stop <laughs> listening. But when we talk about these things, it's very important for us with our own personal application. What are the ways that my passion has overcome common sense? What are the ways that I've become so passionate about seeing success, about seeing my mission fulfilled that I haven't taken the time to stop, look around and figure out how to retool and really listen to what God's telling me instead of doing what I think God is yeah. telling me. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, we're going to go to the silly zone. <laughs> Welcome to the silly zone. What a transition. To the silly zone. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even we didn't even <laughs> transition. I mean, that right was turn. just a dramatic right turn it was like a right turn but if you got out of one car and into a different car to be on a different street it's almost <laughs> like we did it at the snap of a finger Ooh, Ooh. that's a transition right you just you fixed the transition oh. you did it and call me bob the builder because i can fix it but <laughs> yeah yeah you ruined it again wow. but here, here at the silly zone we've got two fantastic segments um, our first one is called That's a Stretch, where we have sort of our hot takes. We say things that maybe be a little outlandish, sometimes funny, sometimes deep. Um, we do it then, all while lunging, too. I know y'all don't necessarily believe us because you can't see us, but we all, all are actively lunging. Yeah, I'm going to have my splits by like episode eight of the show, I think. <laughs> um, I did the splits in a KFC once. Um, we got to dig into that no same backstory. Time. We're not taking it backery with Zachary. <laughs> not on that one. But 
So for our that's a stretch segment. We're gonna kick it off to Zach first. Um, Zach, what do you got for us? Um, I like to use this segment to just bring like a one or two sentence thing that I don't have a lot else for, but it just feels like it needs to be said. Uh, so this week, say what it. I have is that um, I'm not the first person to say this, but if Thanos could kill half the universe, if he could destroy the universe and make a new one, he could have just doubled the size of the universe and doubled the resources in the universe and solved the problem that way without murdering half the people. So what you're telling me is Thanos is a glass half empty guy when he could have just been a glass half full guy. He could have been a glass half full kind of guy. Man. He could he could have just he could have made life better for everyone. He could have just doubled the resources in the universe, but instead he thought he'd just kill half the people. What a silly head. Cam What a goof. Give us your stretch. So I I like where, where you took Thanos, but I, I wanna take him a different direction here. Please. I think Thanos is the personification of James one fifteen. Which says, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So I think Thanos' whole character development is based off this temptation to, in his eyes, do something good, but in everybody else's eyes, do something that is evil. Um, And and so that... um, that desire kind of brings forth this this plan, which leads to to the action behind it, the snap. Ooh, that was good. Onomatopoeia. Along, <laughs> there's an onomatopoeia. I knew we would get one in. Um, <laughs> that is an onomatopoeia. Lines, that he brings out. Gamora into this this yeah. plan, and and what's what's tough about Gamora is that she gets taken when she is so impressionable, right? When she's a kid, she gets taken from home. And, and she's brought into this idea of Thanos that he is doing something that is good. I think the person who is the most impressive among the, the characters in these movies is, is Gamora. I think Iron Man and Captain America and all these great superheroes are raised on this idea of what is the greater good. But Gamora wasn't. Gamora mm. was raised... Based on James 115, she was, as a kid, given this idea, this desire to destroy half the universe and to see this plan come through. But in the end, she recognized what was good. Yeah. And she turned, which is why I think her turning was maybe the most impressive. And I think it's really connected to um, what Ecclesiastes has to say about how God has put eternity on man's heart. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any reason to believe that what Thanos was doing was wrong, other than her own kind of conscience, her own desires. And I think that comes from this idea of even if you are not a Christian, and even if you've never heard the name Jesus, I think you have a longing for what God offers. Yeah. Because God has put that desire on on the hearts of, of mankind. Hmm. And I think Gamora represents that, which is why I think her turning and, and, and that is, is super significant and it's really important, but I think it's just the most impressive because she had no reason to do it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> good stuff. I, I like stars. that just factual response. Yes. Man. <laughs> and Correct. So- we call this the silly zone, and even though mm-hmm. we get a little serious in the silly zone, <laughs> here's the deal. In the silly zone, we have probably the greatest podcast game show segment of all time. This is a Not big buildup. Not it was only it was because of the content, <laughs> but because with every great segment, it starts with a great name. <laughs> <laughs> So let me introduce you to our the greatest podcast game show segment in all of mankind. Lappery with Zachary. With your host, Zachary Kuyad. Zach, take it away. Oh boy, every time you say it, a little piece of me dies. <laughs> Eventually it will be all of you. 
Yeah. And then it'll just be a two-man show. So, this week, we've got a classic Lafferty with Zachary type game. <laughs> you said it, you said it. We, we, got a we can end the podcast now. <laughs> Our whole goal was accomplished. This. We will bring you no more episodes after this one because we got Zach to say it. <laughs> Man. So th- this week we've got we've got a classic this or that sort of game. Okay. Ooh, you can get with if this. You, remember, you can get with that. Uh, you don't want to get with either of these because this week's epi- uh, this week's game is called Member of Thanos's Black Order or D and D Monster. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so if you remember uh, in in the film, yeah, it's gonna be great. I can see both of you looking at me like this is gonna be nonsense. You are correct. If you remember in the film on the first uh, exposure. Uh, in Infinity War, that uh, Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Hulk have to Thanos is okay. Hulk crash lands on Earth, and then the, a big spaceship comes down, and uh, Iron Man calls a guy Squidward. Yes, Do you remember uh, this? Okay. Yeah. So Squidward, which and was big a great dude. scene. Yeah, incredible. Squidward and big scary dude and the girl one um, all have actual names in the comics. Um, and I'm not expecting that you know them. And that is what this game is based on. Dang it's it. probably a good, good expectation. <laughs> so what I have for you is five questions each. Answers are very simple. Either it's a member of Thanos' Black Order, or it's a monster that I found on D&D Beyond. Um, because, fun fact, I don't know if you guys know this, I've been playing D&D lately. Um, really? So this is, I yeah. saw this because you were... Guys at the church You were on play. another we podcast. Right? Weren't you kind of on... Eric's podcast? Or were you just playing with? I played with Eric. I have not been on that uh, actual show, but I have played You aren't played cheating with, with us yet? No, not yet. Do they have a Laffery with Zachary segment? <laughs> they don't, and that's why this will always be the greater of the two. Yay! <laughs> okay, so, pretty simple game. Member of Thanos' Black Order or D&D Monster. Alex, Bring I'm going to throw to you first. Yes. I don't know who I threw first last time, but this time it's going to be Alex. Honestly, we're not recording them in order, so it doesn't matter. That's true. <laughs> okay, Alex. The game is member of Thanos' Black Order or D&D Monster. Your first question. Black Dwarf. Oh, D&D Monster. The confidence was misguided. Black Dwarf is actually one of the members Gosh. of Thanos' Black uh, Honestly, Thanos's I thought that would make too much Black sense Order. to be a D&D Monster. My where goodness. I was thinking, I was like, hmm. Too easy, that has to be Thanos. <laughs> okay, Cam, well, tell me how you feel about this. Ooh, oh, yes, no. please lose. Super giant. Super D&D. giant. Super giant is also a member of Thanos' Let's Black go. Order. This is what I'm looking for. A See, game I too knew off the, right the jump that it was the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we have no choice but to believe you. Good work, Alex. Okay, Alex, back to you. Bring it. Astral Dreadnought. Oh my goodness. That sounds Astral so painful. Dreadnought. That sounds like a dis- disorder. A Dreadnought <laughs> is um, a shape of a, is a certain shape of a guitar. Um, this is true. So. I don't know how that helps you. I, I was going to try and segue that into something, but I could not think of anything. <laughs> um, we're going to go D&D because it can't keep me in Thanos. That's. That's all I got. That is a good theory. Alex, that's a pretty good instinct, and Astral Dreadnought is, in fact, a D&D monster. Let's go! <laughs> okay, and, and now for the second round two question. Cam, we send it back to you. Mm-hmm. Cam? Don't miss, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. Corvus Glaive. Oh my goodness. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> I am asking you to tell me whether Corvus Glaive... <laughs> Is a D&D monster or a member of Thanos' Black Order? <laughs> now I know. D&D. Corvus Glaive is a member of Thanos' Black Order. Let's Corvus go. Glaive Bulls. is Squidward. Oh, <laughs> Squiddy. Squidward. <laughs> okay, Alex. Back yes. to you. Bring oh, it. boy. These do not get easier. Alex. Okay. Ebony Maw. I'm not going to say what that sounds like. (laughs) 
Does it sound like a member of Thanos' Black Order, or does it sound like a D&D monster? It sounds like Ebenezer Scrooge. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> it sounds like a member of Thanos' Black Order. Alex, you are correct. Ebony Maw is, in fact, a member of the Black Order. Cam, you're still in this game. It's not over. But... The fat do, lady ain't singing yet. The, but she's warming up. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Alex is our fat lady in this scenario? Yeah, Alex is the fat lady. Always. Cam, back to you. Gibbering mouther. Oh my gosh, that is not a real thing. <laughs> D&D. That is an excellent call. Gibbering mouther is a D&D monster. <laughs> Cam, well, just know that I definitely am still going to win. If, if there was... And if, if Marvel had a gibbering mouther, they would have had to involve that in the movies. There's no way they had the opportunity to use that name and chose not to. That's a good point. That's you you got to think Kevin Feige wouldn't leave the gibbering mouther on the shelf for this long. I love yeah, it when you get that in the face too. It's just, it's so, it makes you so cool. It really does. Like, I'm not being sarcastic in the slightest bit. Like, you say that and then you talk about the comics. I'm like, oh, okay. What am I supposed to be good at? We were doing and then Cam says utilitarian. We were doing friends trivia, and Zach didn't necessarily know many <laughs> of the actual answers, but instead they would say, "Tell us like what this character did," and he would go, "I don't know," but that character was acted by blank. And I could give you all the actors who guessed it on characters. the show, but I could not give you the answers to the trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was the most theater major result I've ever seen. Yeah, that's my move. That's my move. Okay, Alex, we're back to you. Uh, this is our final round. Uh, so, Alex, if you miss this... So if Cam I get has, it... That's right. If you get it, technically you've run away with it. We will still give Cam his question because I think it's fun. Here but, comes the um, walk-off. Cam, or sorry, Alex. Yep, that's me. Abyssal Wretch. Abyssal Wretch. A big old wrench. Saved an abyssal wretch like me. <laughs> oh lord, that is you good. You better preach. Um, abyssal wretch <laughs> is a Marvel Thanos person. The abyssal wretch is a and d monster. <laughs> Cam, you do have the chance to tie it up right here. And I do have a tiebreaker question. Gosh, yes you do. You're so prepared. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did remember to bring a tiebreaker question this time. Cam, this is my favorite one on the list. I hope you know that. Um, no. Cam. <laughs> I can't even read it. Cam. Fraz or blue? Fraz or blue, Cam. And I'm going to spell it for you because it's the best part. F-R-A-Z dash U-R-B apostrophe L-U-U. Fraz or blue. Sounds like when they ask you, like, super salad, and you're like, super salad? Or, like, soup or salad? <laughs> Fraz or blue? Fraz or um, blue? I choose Fraz, and I also choose <laughs> Dark Order. I am sorry, Fraz or blue is a D&D monster. Let's go! By a, by a score of two to one, <laughs> a low-scoring game. Alex, you've won this week's uh, game. A real defensive battle. That's right. A, see, a defensive battle. This see, is a pitcher's as I am duel. 100% yes. certain that Zach just came up with every single one of those words today <laughs> and assigned them himself. I'll take it. You this guys is want, a Detroit Pistons 2004 playoff game. <laughs> there you go. That's a reference I know Zach fully understood. You know, and here's the thing Zach, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, before we call it on the segment, do you want to take a swing at the tiebreaker question? Yes, let Cam do it. Let Cam do it for the win. Let Cam do it for the win. Okay, Alex has declared, Cam, if you get this right, it's for the win. I'm just feeling confident. Proxima Midnight. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have a strong, strong opinion about this. Say it again. Proxima, Proxima Midnight. It feels like it's like Latin for like uh, approximately midnight. 
<laughs> around, around the middle of the night. <laughs> around 12 in the a.m. Um, <laughs> Proxima <clears throat> Midnight. Member of Thanos' Black Order or D&D Monster? You know, I'll go, I'll go Dark Order. Well, because Alex offered it up, you are now the winner Gosh. of this week's episode of, of the game show. Proxima Midnight is the girl one. <laughs> this, this is what you get. This is your payback for Andy Circus and me winning by a million points. <laughs> well, I mean, we did agree at that point that you did not technically win. But well, then you ahead. didn't technically win. Uh, I never said that you won last time. You said that I won. This is on you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to spring a brand you... new segment on you guys. Um, oh, boy. And I have not prepped either of you on this. No, you have you not. prepped yourself at least? A little bit. A little bit. So, and this is going to be off the dome. I'm not going to speak. I pitched this in our group chat, got no response, and I think it's too good for us to not do it. <laughs> I remember that you pitched something, but I don't remember what it was. Same. I do remember ignoring it. One person, and you can pick, gets one minute to pitch me the most ridiculous pod that we should make. And this is based off of Zach saying we should do Finding Nemo. <laughs> no, Finding Nemo is a great pitch. <laughs> Finding Nemo, go. Okay, Finding Nemo uh, really just lives in this world that we're asking for because it is, a, it is a story about a father trying to chase and reclaim his children. And if that's not an exact picture of what it is for God to have sent Jesus to this earth, oh I don't gosh. know what is. It's a father going on an impossible mission something that we would never ask someone to take on of their own volition, but he made that choice anyway, and he did it to save his children. Tell me that doesn't scream this podcast. And that is... a segment named to be named later. <laughs> I like that you went in confident and then just... Man, I really out. thought... I, my thought was, man, I'm going to just nail it. And the only thing I could think was brainstorm. And I was like, that is not a good second name. <laughs> brainstorm sounds like something that would have been on Nickelodeon in the early 90s. Brainstorm. Don't get slimed. Um, <laughs> if so you here's climb the to the top of the aggro crag, you get to tackle the brainstorm. <laughs> that's a timely oh, reference, right? My gosh, that's great. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal. We end every single one of our podcasts with one point. Um, sometimes from each of us, sometimes I choose not to speak because theirs are so good that you can take home a point that you can apply to your life right now today. What is this telling you? What do we think this needs to tell you? And so we're going to start with Kuyat. Zach, what do you have? Yeah, I think the, the biggest like thing that we can pull from this story that takes place over five and a half hours and two movies <clears throat> and however many millions of dollars um, it's such a like a human relatable thing that um, we we can't lose sight of the larger picture for winning the battle that's put right in front of us. Um, I think when we get so wrapped up in conflict, it's easy to lose sight of um, what it takes to um, just be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and when we want to snip at each other and we we want to get you know bogged down in the mundane conflicts of worship styles or how people should dress in church or what color the carpet should be. Um, when we get stuck in that, we lose sight of the bigger picture and that's reaching people for Jesus. Um, and, and I think this is acts as like a cautionary tale against that. That's what I got. And real quick, I, I think I am going to just submit a little, a little idea right here. If you, if, you if I will, if I may, <laughs> Um, okay. Here's the thing. To take what Zach's doing and maybe simplify it a little bit into other parts of our lives, stop, look around, and think, what am I sacrificing that I shouldn't? What am I so laser-focused on that I'm completely losing a particular part of my life? Maybe it's my marriage. Um, maybe it's my family. Maybe it's my friendships. Maybe it's my job. Maybe I'm so laser focused on being good at my job that I've completely forgotten to take time to nurture my family, to nurture those relationships in my life. Maybe I'm so laser focused on making sure that I don't fail as a father, don't fail as a husband, don't fail as 
an employee that I've completely forgotten the the mission of all this, that I've completely forgotten the gospel, completely forgotten grace, and completely forgotten that relationship with Christ. Um, so my biggest take-home point for you is just stop, pull the scales, take the shutters off, and really think, how can I slow down? Cam, take us out. Good. Yeah, um, I, I think mine kind of revolves around uh, this this quote from from Thanos, and it says, you could not live with your own failure, and where did that bring you? He goes on to say, it brought you right back to me, but um, that was when, you know, he'd snapped, he destroyed half the universe, and, and they couldn't live with the fact that they failed. Now, he'd lost sight of what the real motivation was. It wasn't failure, it was saving the, the people, but um, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in our own failures. You know, and I'm, I'm big on the Enneagram, um, and as a, as a three, failure is, is big for me. I don't like it. I'm scared of it. Um, but I think sometimes it's important to remember what actually is success in, in the eyes of, of God in this. And that no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to be perfect. I will always fail to some extent. Um, but, but I'm not defined by my failures. Um, if the Avengers had let themselves be defined by their failures, they never would have won. Mm. But instead, they were able to, to cling on to what the bigger picture was which in this instance was how do we bring back half of humanity? For us, it could be something entirely different. I'm assuming it is. If you are listening to this and you are currently trying to bring back half of humanity, please, please put your phone down. This is the WebMD of saving humanity. <laughs> Just yes. step away and talk to someone far more qualified. Yeah, we're not, we not, we're not helping you. you got better things to do. Um, but whatever it is that, that you're doing that, that you're failing in, remember that like that doesn't define you. Um, what does is the fact that Jesus died for you 2,000 years ago. So like, you're cool. You don't have to let your failures define you anymore. Um, it's, it's far greater than that. And so that's, that's what my take-home point was from this, that we're defined by something so much greater than, than our failures in the hindsight of God's universe. That's really good. Um, and I think we're going to close it out there. We're going to really marinate on that. This is the Plain Sight Podcast. I'm really grateful you guys stuck around and hung out with us. Next week, we're going to be introducing a brand new uh, segment on the NSFW version of the Plain Sight Podcast. Um, credits to Cam. Throw it, Bakery with Zachary. <laughs> you don't want to miss that. I can't believe you actually said that out loud. <laughs> oh, I said, it, I said it out loud and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out. Peace. We'll see you later. Wash your hands. Deuces. <laughs>